practically theologians this is Josh speaking I was out feeding the pigs I'm driving to my job and I thought I'd put out a podcast to answer the question what is reformed and of course kind of connected to that question what is covenant theology both of these questions have come up in a couple different conversations with friends or family recently over the last month or so and I thought eh, maybe people don't really know what these things mean so I thought I'd put out what what I take them to mean as I drive so I don't have notes or anything this is just what I've what I've learned in my in my uh, I guess over the last 10 years or so of digging more into these topics so first off what is reformed I think it's a little confusing today what reformed means in in part because we maybe misuse the word or maybe there are there's a capital R reformed and a lowercase r reformed now I take the word reformed to refer to somebody that holds to the confessional statements the standards that came out in uh, in during the Protestant Reformation so the Westminster Confession and its catechisms are one of those doctrinal statements or creedal statements that came out of the Reformation and three forms of unity on the European continent was the other uh, that's the main other main confessional set of documents that's the Belgic Confession the Heidelberg Catechism and the Canons of Dort so when I first started reforming I did not know what reformed meant I thought it meant conservative I thought it meant reverent in worship and maybe they let kids be in worship I really didn't know what Calvinism was Arminianism reformed or anything like that as I came to understand what those things were I saw that some people called Calvinists reformed and by the way I want to be fair to Calvin he didn't just teach about how God saves people he taught a, a whole systematic theology really I mean not taught he wrote a whole systematic theology and he uh, he did teach yeah of course but but I think the system that people call Calvinism is a bigger system than just uh, a system that shows how God saves people and but today when you're called a Calvinist it refers to really the fact that God is sovereign in saving people I like to sum it up in two words Jesus saves there's no question about whether or not he saves he saves uh, that's Calvinism so reformed nowadays a lot of people use the word reformed to mean simply Calvinistic and so it can be a little confusing because you see a guy like John MacArthur who is friends with a guy like R.C. Sproul uh, John MacArthur is a dispensationalist and R.C. Sproul is a Presbyterian and so they disagree uh, as far as how to interpret scripture in a lot of ways I mean well maybe we'll get into that in a little bit but they do agree on soteriology how how man is saved they agree that God is sovereign in other words over all things and that especially in regards to salvation he is sovereign so that's that's where the confusion comes in I I think that technically being reformed means that you hold to one of the reformed confessions and uh, I'd be happy to include my Baptist brothers in that as they hold to the, uh, documents like the Second London Baptist uh, Confession of Faith, which 
is based off of the Westminster Confession. And this is where the question, what is covenant theology, comes in. Um, the Reformed Baptist take on the covenants is different from the Westminster uh, Presbyterian take on the covenants, and that's reflected in the Reformed Baptist's modification of the Westminster Confession of Faith. But both have a view of Scripture that sees Scripture as an organic unity. They disagree on on how that works out in the life of the church today, um, most notably in who, who do they consider members of the church, so a Presbyterian holding to the Westminster Confession of Faith, or a Reformed person holding to the three forms of unity as a faithful uh, standard, or a faithful confession of what Scripture teaches, would baptize babies because babies, infants of believing parents, one or more believing parents, are considered to be members of the church. But in a Baptist church, they see that uh, because of their different view of covenant theology, they see that you can only become a member of the church if you have professed faith in Christ or made a credible profession of faith in Christ. So there's a big difference practically in how things work out, but, uh, but they do agree in principle in, in large part uh, that scripture is an organic unity where we see in it the unfolding history of redemption. Uh, this is covenant theology. In other words, you can take Scripture and in interpret Scripture with Scripture, and you can see that all of Scripture, as long as you are interpreting it in the in the light of it, of the historic uh, work of God. So, in other words, in light of, for example, the sacrificial system of Israel, is now fulfilled in Christ, who is the sacrificed, who is the priest, and who is the temple. But all of Scripture, though, so what Israel was taught about the sacrifices, the principle or the theology of sacrifice, of atonement, remains the same for the church for all ages. The promises of God made to uh, Adam, Genesis 3.15. So covenant theology sees Genesis 3.15, the seed promise, as being worked out in all of scripture. And the covenants that are, that are given to Abraham, to Noah, Abraham, David, Moses, and even the new covenant, are all kind of uh, an unfolding flower of of, uh, of redemption that we see worked out in Scripture. So the further along in redemptive history that we go through Scripture, the more filled out we see God's promise to save His people in the Messiah. Um, so we just see it more and more uh, worked out. Uh, more and more... Um, What's an analogy? So it's like the analogy that I've heard is that it's like being in a room full of objects but having no light and gradually as the light increases you begin to see more clearly what's in the room. And that's kind of how I guess a covenant theologian would interpret scripture. And so the big difference between what I, what I grew up with, dispensationalism, and what I now believe to be true, covenant covenant theology uh, is I think I think this is the biggest difference that I've seen is that there's a focus in dispensationalism on Israel as being one entity or one people of God and the church as being another entity or another people of God and generally I think dispensationalism separates these two peoples 
even into eternity in the new creation. And so a dispensationalist will always is is in their ex, in their expectation of what's happening in the future, eschatology, they're almost always going to be premillennial, and often pre-tribulational rapture uh, type of view. Well, this is because they believe that there are still promises made to physical fleshly Israel that need to be fulfilled in the future. A covenant theologian, though, takes a different tack, if that's the right way to put it. I think tack is right. Uh, they see Christ as being the true Israel of God. You can see Matthew work, work, I mean, Matthew, the way he starts out, out of Egypt I called my son. Well, the original context of that verse is talking about Israel being called out of Egypt. But Matthew applies it to Christ. And as we see Christ baptized in the Jordan, led into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted, and going up on the mountain to deliver the Sermon on the Mount, etc., we see kind of a mirroring of Israel's redemptive history. And we see that Christ, and there's a lot more to this, that's just basic summary with no notes. Uh, I think I think a very helpful series was done on this by, uh-oh, uh, Feeding on Christ is his website, ah, Nick Batzig, that's right, Nick Batzig, Batzig. And you can look it up. Uh, I think it's called Christ the True Israel of God or something like that. Jesus the True Israel of God. And so a covenant theologian, seeing all the promises made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to David, to Noah, to Moses, and in, in the New Covenant, sees all of those promises being fulfilled in the Messiah to come. And in the Messiah, all who are in him are one new man, Ephesians 2. They are all grafted in as part of one olive tree, Romans 11. So the covenant theologian, unlike the dispensationalist, does not see two distinct peoples of God, but sees one distinct people of God in the Messiah. And so all of Scripture applies to the, all of God's people, and uh, not just, it's not like, for example, I've, I've gotten into a discussion with a dispensationalist on Hebrews, which seems to clearly show that the church should be treated, today, should be treated the same as far as being the people of God as Israel of the past. But his reply to me was that the book of Hebrews was not written to Gentile Christians, but to Jewish Christians. I think that's nonsense, to be, to be frank. Uh, he's welcome to have his view, but I think he's wrong. I think scripture clearly you look at passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians definitely written to a church full of Gentiles, and yet it calls Israel our fathers. And it says, don't be like they they did, and don't fall away like they did into idolatry. Flee idolatry. Uh, the Bible is full of those references. In, in the New Testament is, is where we would look to prove it, because that's after Christ, but it's full of of that idea that the New Testament talks to the church using the same terms, the same references at, as as Israel was. At, I mean, they're put in the same... God treats them the same way he treats Israel. How about that? So we're warned against sin by, by being told to look to our fathers, which was Israel, and to not be like, like they were. Uh, that's in it, I guess. Okay, no notes. I'm sorry for my, now I'm rambling. 
you know, I put together a lot of these talks and I don't release very many of them. It's just helpful for me in a lot of ways to organize my thoughts verbally. And so maybe I'll be more ready to have that discussion when the time comes, but I put it out there for you guys because I think a lot of people have questions. Sometimes I wonder if podcasting's even appropriate for this type of thing, but uh, like I always say, talk about these things with people you know, who you can touch, who you are in physical proximity to in your church. Don't just listen to gurus online. Don't listen to me for sure, but I hope that this just sparks some thought. So I don't know if I cleared anything up. <laughs> I think I think I may have. I, oh, so so let me sum it all up so that I make sure I, I got everything all all wrapped up with a bow since it's around Christmas time. What is reformed? Reformed refers to somebody who holds to, who holds to the one of the reformed confessions as being a faithful representation of biblical teaching. So a faithful summary of the main points of what the Bible teaches. So technically, Reformed does not refer to somebody who's just Calvinistic in the way they view how God saves people, technically. But be polite, you know, people, I'm just helping clear it up. I'm not saying that you should argue this point with anybody. Uh, <laughs> I hope you don't need to be told to be polite, but I know, I know it's exciting to learn things and it's exciting to share and sometimes it can get, you know, we can be a little bit dogmatic when we shouldn't be. Uh, I know from experience. Excuse me, I have a little bit of a cold there. Okay, what is Reformed? There you go. What is Covenant Theology? Covenant Theology looks at Scripture and sees it as being something that we can read and, and apply to our lives. The whole of Scripture. In other words, Scripture is an organic unity that is written for the people of God to teach us about who God is in the Messiah. I, I think that would sum it up. Um, it, it stands opposed to dispensational theology, which sees scripture broken up into parts, some of which apply and some which do not uh, to the church directly. Um, although there is a lot of variation in dispensational theology, and, I am, and I'm sure in covenant theology too, on the particulars of that, John MacArthur, I know, is a more, I think he's called a progressive dispensationalist. So he's a lot closer to what a co how a covenant theologian would view scripture uh, than most dispensationalists. So I want to be fair, but uh, in general, keeping the two peoples of God separate as you read scripture is how dispensationalism views scripture. And I think that's not how scripture speaks. So Ephesians 2, Romans 11, consider those things. One new man grafted into the same olive tree, etc. Well, I hope that was helpful. I might actually publish this episode. <laughs> might make it so we'll see I'm gonna check on my jobs to see if the sheetrock was delivered so I'm gonna try to sign off here it's kind of hard for me to sign off I'm using an old smartphone to record and, uh, and and it's the fingerprint sensor is a little bit wonky so when I'm talking right now pulling up to the job site and trying to unlock my phone ah there we go all right well that's it any feedback any questions whatever podcast at practicallytheologians.org and uh, peace out.